What it is, what is up? What is good, gamers? This is Shonuff71, a.k.a. Digga Dulamite. Purple bling bling on your PS4 now, yo! <laughs> and your auditory canals are tuned into episode 176 for the Independence Day edition of the Gaming Vessels podcast. As, as usual, I'm not in the digital studio alone. Long with me, got my partners in crime. First on deck, it's Dez, a.k.a. the Bay Area Terror, a.k.a. the high-res hater, a.k.a. the cat daddy, a.k.a. the gamer stepdaddy. What's going on, man? Hey, not much. I'm going to say happy 4th of July um, out there for all our listeners. And, you know, happy... Uh, Monday for all those folks who who don't celebrate and listen to us from 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 other countries. But yeah, today's a, a holiday for us, so it was, it's a lot of fun, a lot of cookouts, you know, a lot of lot of uh, uh, barbecuing up different type of type of stuff, uh, being super happy uh, for our independence. So, but yeah, been a good day. Indeed, indeed. Of course, our show is a no-go without Trader Joe, a.k.a. Jabroni Chief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Better known as the Food Max of Gaming, who can maximize your gaming dollar. What's going on, bro? Not much, man. Not much. Just uh, enjoying this fourth, getting ready for all this uh, fireworks to go off, and I'm going to be mm. doggy psychologist. And all mm-hmm. that, so. Doggy yeah. shrink. Yeah, I yeah. forgot about that. All the fireworks and stuff. Oof. And I gotta go in to work tomorrow, bright and early. So yeah. Ha. Mm. Ah. So, but everyone stay safe out there. Don't blow off your fingers. Yeah, we've seen some YouTube videos already, like a dog, like you know, grabbing some fireworks and going. Yeah. Out quick. <laughs> yeah. That was that was crazy. Trying to trying to smoke them all out. Uh, also, yeah. also, there's uh there's this meme going around where people are. Like showing X-rays of people who've had their fingers blown off from fireworks. And I'm like, wow. Okay, thanks. Yeah, and then there's some guy in uh, Florida that, uh, yeah, he lopped off. Florida man. Florida. No, it's. And then there's some other guy on Twitch, like setting off a Pikachu fire fireworks in his on his bed in his bedroom. But yeah, that's like it's like Florida family right there. (laughs) It's not just a man. (laughs) I got Florida grandma. Florida auntie, Florida uncle, Florida second nephew. Yeah. <laughs> scary people. Scary. Some. Some. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Florida is, uh, you know, shout out to our, uh, any listeners we may have in Florida. I, I know y'all struggle. <laughs> with the reputation mm-hmm. some of your fellow statesmen give your uh, your uh, area of residence. But Crazy People in Florida is not what this podcast is all about. We're talking about games, and we're going to kick our gaming discussion off with is what is always the first topic on our docket, that being the playlist. So, Jabroni Chief, why don't you kick things off first, man? What you been playing? Uh, this last week, uh, just a little 
mishmash of uh, different stuff. Uh, Outriders, of course, uh, run some expeditions with you. World Slayer came out. Um, I happened to dip into a few of the single player missions on there. I first dipped in with my um, Pyromancer and it just seemed like my gear wasn't up to snuff. So I went in with my Devastator and everything seemed like it's okay. I kind of started in like uh, Apocalypse Tier 16 or whatever it was. I dialed that down to wow. 15 on there uh, because that's you know basically the game was set up to whatever my max level is going to set to my max level on there um you know i'm not going to do any spoilers about as far as any plot points but uh, you know seems like a decent good old time i was telling kev last night it's like oh look there's a mining spot oh look there's a chest it looked kind of like, like it was a uh, kind of bringing it back because after running these expeditions where you know you got no mining that got no loot on there at least you got a little I, something something but very happy to get back to you know hearing you call out everything you know that is that is not nailed down it's going to be hilarious <laughs> so Woo-hoo. yep so yeah enjoyed myself though it's good stuff uh you know, and, you know, of course, the expansion kind of changed the way the expeditions work a little bit. You know, they did introduce, you know, some gears dropping with three slots versus two slots, you know, and I've been kind of t- tooling around with the three slot stuff. If you break down three slot gear, you do get another currency type, which I don't know the name of because I haven't gone to study YouTube videos yet about it, but... Uh, it is required for some of the stuff to go ahead and, and upgrade on there. Mm-hmm. So there's a third tier of grinding mm-hmm. on here. And, of course, there's another, another resource. Uh, another uh, a tier where you get some boost. Ascension points, I believe, is what, what it's called. And ascension points, pretty much you get if you're running an expedition and you happen to cap a um, big baddie you know like maybe not the, the boss boss but the sub boss in the level you do get points and drop in from there on that and that kind of helps uh, you know power up you know your healing you power up your uh, your uh, powers if need be as far as you know just and i had to actually take some time to look at my builds at least and take a look to see where it would be more beneficial to put those points in so on there. And there's a th- another set of points, too, that you get when you play the single-player content uh, that will actually boost your character even when you run expeditions afterwards. So it might be good to run through the single-player to get those extra... Because um, it actually is a n- another skill tree uh, that you can uh, unlock on there. So, so good times, though. I mean, you know, I, I haven't, like, dipped hard into it you know i've just been kind of busy a bit so it's just like it's, it's been what it is as far as um playing outriders on there i've also uh, been p- kind of playing a little bit more of astro's playroom that's something to where it's like a good go-to go-to for me to kind of relax palate cleanser kind of thing on there and i'm intending on beating the game and trying to get a uh, full trophy for it so we'll see how that goes but uh managed to like uh, get uh, another level that i hadn't played before uh, in that and i've uh, been looking to you know obviously doing the whole gear grabbing you know as far as grabbing coins and 
using the gotcha machine and, and trying to get this 100%. I even, I'm using the um, thing in the dashboard to be able to tell me where the uh, particular coin and or item is. That way I don't have to just go around in, in the level and kind of hunt for it. I'm just kind of in a way cheating, but in a way it's like it just takes the grind out of me uh, having to dive into these levels and trying to find the last, you know, coins and whatnot on there. So I kind of appreciate that. Uh, played also uh, dipping into some PlayStation Plus stuff. I played a little bit of Grip, which is this crazy game from Wire Productions that uh, kind of has where you're like racing all in a 360 degree longitude on there. You could actually ride on the side and ride on the ceiling if need be, and the kind of screen changes as is. It kind of brings some feelings back of a PS1 game called Roll Cage. That was its main inspiration, but, uh, you know, I played around with it a little bit. Um, thought it was okay. You know, I might dive in a little bit more, but I'm trying to sit here and decide whether, okay, do I want to play more of this or, you know, maybe dedicate some more time to playing the Wipeout Omega Collection, which, you know, it's another series that I've really been into, but I haven't really taken the time to really play that collection all that much. So, so I might decide to go ahead and lateral over and just kind of put grip to the side and play some more wipeout on there. I also played a little bit of uh, Super Stardust Portable, and I am going to say right now, even though I enjoyed the Super Stardust series, playing a PSP game on your PS5 controller and having to use the um, face buttons to shoot I can go die in the fire. I want to throw that damn mm. firing on the second analog, just like the other Super Stardust games, and I can't, and there's no configuration for me in the emulation to be able to go in and do those kind of tweaks on here. And, uh, you know, I think this game is probably better suited to be played on a PSP versus played on a PS5, and, you know. Maybe if, uh, you know, I fire up and put some battery or, you know, get, get my battery situation taken care of, maybe I can play it on my Vita and or PSP if need be. But I'm probably not going to go back to the uh, PlayStation Plus version of the game on there. It's just uh, no need to, you know, especially because the fact that the control method is not, you know, dialed down for me at least so. They don't that. stream. They don't stream the PS3 version of that. No, it. Well, they might do the PS3 version, but I don't know if I necessarily want to play. I got PS3 with Super Stardust on itself. So I really want to play. I could play it natively on uh, PlayStation 3 here at the house. So, you know. Uh, but I didn't see it on the list. The only one I saw was the Super Stardust Portable. So, unfortunately, it's not. Uh, available. The only one that's available is a good old PSP version. So kind of, you know, I'd say that kind of sucks because I do enjoy that game. So there is a PS4 version of Super Stardust Ultra, and guess what? I already have it in my catalog. So guess what? <laughs> I might be playing here. In fact, I am clicking on the download link right now. How about that? <laughs> I'll talk about it on the next show. So problem solved there. You know. There you, you go. Know. Backlog on Pum Backlogs over here. I forgot even they had a VR version of that game, which, you know, God forbid, maybe I'll even fire that up. So. <laughs> and uh, just to update, too, I 
you know, I know I've talked about before where I was hemming and hawing about buying an OLED. I finally did the do last night. I uh, got an LG C1. I got a 48 inch. I'm throwing it in my little office area here. I'm going to have like a little area set up where, because, you know, it, Desmond kind of notes every time he comes over, I bring out the lawn chair or some sort of a weird chair device to slap and sit in front of the TV. I don't like gaming from my couch because I think it's too far away. So I think I'm more apt to playing on a smaller set a little bit closer to the screen because, you know, my old man eyes, these eyes can't see nothing. Mm. No, no, no. So, mm. so, you know, I'm going to bust out with the 48. And if I like the uh, C1 as much, I'm going to keep an eye because, you know, right now, because of uh, inflation, because of what Joe Biden's doing to the economy, he's singularly wrecking the economy as, as we stand, you know, every every last bit. Can, goes from Joe Biden's hands so there, you know, he's directly responsible for everything. Of course, this is our, our economics 101 course right here. So, but yeah. seriously, a lot of it is just like it did for me with Trump because Trump screwed me over uh, uh, in my taxes big time. So I know you're being facetious, but, yeah. but I, 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 I wouldn't be mad at you if you were telling, if, if you were speaking speaking uh uh wholeheartedly on that because i've been on both sides of it f the d's and the r's in my opinion but yeah anyway i mean i don't know oligarchs <laughs> one way or another but this is not a political podcast but what my this long-winded explanation is saying that i believe the c1 65 inches gonna stay in stock for quite a bit of time so just in case i enjoy it enough i might I uh, use the uh, Capital One, $240. I'm going to get maybe use that money to buy a C1, a 65-inch for the living room. Who knows? We'll see. But uh, right now, I'm going to bust up and get the 48. I'm going to move my PS5 and uh, my Series X into the den here, along with uh, another Switch dock. Uh, you know, get my Steam Deck finally going. I have not played it yet. I'm so sorry, listeners. Uh, forgive me. But I think I you should use that money to buy a chair. <laughs> just buy a chair I'm, 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 I'm going to use the chair that's in the living room that I heard later use, you know the one that Paul sits in every time mm -hmm. you, know, you guys come over so that's yeah. going to go in here and the futon that Kevin gave me you know which is a great you know it was okay futon but it's the dog's futon I hardly ever use it so unfortunately that's going to go back and it's going to go in the living room for the dogs where's the one that I gave you did you give me a futon yeah or did I get that confused? Is that the futon that you did? You give me a futon. Cap I gave you the. I gave you. Okay. The I gave oh, you a, ca a couch. Oh, yeah, you gave me that couch. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I thought I gave you the futon. Yeah, it was your futon, Des. Giving him all kinds of stuff, folks. Yeah. Just how he is. Does <laughs> he know me? I, I spend tons of money on games, but you know, when it comes to anything else, I'm a spendthrift. I'm super thrifty over here. Yep. He's like, no. Go buy clothes. No, I'm, I'm sitting there making dinner, eating cans of Hormel chili because I don't want to spend money on myself. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> Billy. I was, I was talking to I was talking to Kev, Des, and uh, I'm back to buying the uh, like close to expiring meat from Target again. <laughs> so. Of course you are. That's what you do. 
Man, tap so sirloin, come on, five dollars off. I, I got oh, yeah. five dollars off. Tap yeah. sirloin. No, I get it. on the seventh, so I, 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 yeah. I, cook, I cook it now. Yeah, five dollars off or five hours on the crapper. <laughs> well, he rolled them dice. <laughs> see he's all about. See, he loves the games. He's he's he's, he's rolling them dice. Look at them odds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Horrible. Horrible. <laughs> So are you done, no, this, sir? So this is the, this is what you've been playing extended over here. You know? mm-hmm. It's like Man, a GHR you... edition. I'm gonna tell you what uh, you know, what snack mix I've been eating and what TV I've been enjoying. Yeah. So <laughs> we like we 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 love to hear it. We love to hear it. Love to hear it. Yes, I've been watching yeah, all of marginalized group you've saved single handedly. You got to do that. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's pretty much all I've been up to as far as games is concerned and other extraneous duties and purchasing and whatnot. With Des, the uh, traveling man, what you been up to, man? No, uh, not too much. Although I have, I try to play as many new games as possible. So uh, one of the games that I that was a new game a while, but I still am playing because I love it is Rogue Book. So it's still like I said before, it's the um, uh deck building uh roguelite i beat it again it's great i found the last character uh doing now it's like trial runs and uh doing these various different um what are they called like they're they're, they're trials and so you try to do it with with different modifiers in, in order to beat the game more and open up more cards and and just try to be the best you can bet be like no one ever was so but uh, I'm still enjoying the, the the play. It's really fun. Um, if you haven't seen it, definitely pick it up. I think it, I think you'd enjoy it. Uh, also played Ease Lacrimosa of Donna. Um, I'm trying that game out because people are saying that it's a really good game, um, and it's one of the better ones in the Ease in the Ease series. Um, so I got it on my uh, PS uh, PS Plus or PS. Super PS greatest plus extra, extra. Yeah, PS plus extra, extra. Extra, um, extra. So there's a the PS5 games. version of that game yeah. coming out in the fall. So yeah. this is the PS4 version, but it does run at a smooth 60 frames. Yeah. PS5, so. And it looks great. It looks great. I mean, it looks it looks like, you know, a, a, a Japanese, you know, anime type game, you know. But it's funny because everyone has this sort of kind of stumpy look to them. Like all the all the like the older guys. Are, are they, they look like squares <laughs> so it's kind of funny and everything is like super high res so they're like so they're really high res you know like like eyes are there for the for the women and and they're like high res chest hairs and stuff but everything is really kind of squared off at some point so it's really kind of funny to play to, to look at it i'm still i'm still in the very early uh stages of the game um i have i'm still like because it takes place on an island and i haven't I haven't um, shipwrecked yet, but um, I, I just started it um, to see how it was going to look and see if I was going to be able to to um, do. But basically, I just wanted to see how it was going to play, um, um, and it's playing smooth. It looks really good. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I haven't played an ease game. I think I've only played one, and it was super long ago. So, and I know they're not co- they're not connected or anything, but um, but this looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. So, so yeah, definitely they they kind of interconnect only in the way that the same protagonist is in all the games. Adol, um, yeah, so. yeah. So, so this will be fun. 
Um, I'm looking forward to it. So we'll see. Uh, played Fist some more. Um, enjoying it. Uh, I like the... Uh, I don't know. I, I really like the Metroidvania aspect of having to go back and forth. I just hope that it does not get too repetitive. Um, but at this point, it's definitely not not that bad and i really like the uh the the combos with it like it's it's a really good side scrolling uh side scrolling game um and and the and and the what is it for uh it's like fur it's like fur and citizen together is the name of the of the people so they're like fervians or something or for citizens like ferdison yeah ferdisons or something and yeah. i'm just like okay so i know like different furries are super happy about this game but <laughs> But it's uh it's pretty mature and um and I'm actually enjoying the gameplay and it looks it looks pretty good. I'm I'm I the combat is really smooth and I really hope that I don't get too over uh too I hope the Metrovania aspect is not too over over um overwrought and I can actually, you know, really do some do some time with it and have fun. So um and then the last game that I've been playing is the dungeon of Nehelbeck, the Amulet of Chaos. And it is a tactical RPG in the vein of XCOM. Um, but it is a it's a D type sort of thing. So you have a ranger an an elf, a thief, a dwarf. It's hilarious because you have certain people that are that are a that are a class, and then you have certain people that are a race. Because like you have a dwarf, but he has an axe. But is he a fighter? Is he a warrior? Is he a berserker? You don't know. But then you have a ranger, and you're like, okay, well you're obviously a ranger, so that's that's what you do. So it's just kind of funny. It's like, right? It's just <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense to me that that they would. Their their race, I guess, is their class. So it's very like old school. Um, in that some of those old Dungeons and Dragons uh, uh, video games would have like you know the wizard, the elf, and you're like, uh, okay. So it's just I, I thought that was kind of funny. But the main draw of this game, aside from the 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 XCOM like strategy around it, which is it's it's very um, strategic, half cover, side cover. Um, your movement uh it's it, you can get very granular with with the combat in this game which was something that i was not expecting uh the combat is 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 really uh interesting um and delaying your your attack in order to set up to set up uh pincer attacks and stuff with your characters and it's just it's just crazy the amount of of different uh, tactics you can use while while playing this game. I was not expecting that. Um, but the other thing about the game is that the narrative is just bananas. Like it's it's bananas. The voice work is silly. Uh, there's a troll that 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 runs around with you, and there's cursing, and it's all like it's all like butt humor and stuff. And a lot of chicken jokes and stuff. A, a lot of chicken jokes. Uh, a lot of just it, it. It doesn't take itself seriously, which is very funny because the combat is really serious, but the plot itself is not at all. Um, it's like the first the first thing you you run in, and the thief is like, "Oh, I'm so scared." Oh, 
you know, he doesn't want to fight. And and the ranger is like your Tony Stark type of person, but to like the 10th level. And the, and the elf talks like this. And she has, ah, she has like and the elf and the and the dwarf don't get along. And the dwarf keeps cursing, but they don't bleep it out and stuff. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. It's just the it's kind of funny right now in a very juvenile type of way, but my hope is that it does not continue to be <laughs> this bad. Cause, because I think that some of it will get kind of, will get kind of long in the tooth, but, but at this point I'm really enjoying the combat. And so I, I'll stick with it until I get annoyed with the characters. Um, but it's, if you like tactics type games with half cover with overwatch and, and, um, with uh, different combos that you can do with your characters, uh, you might want to check this game out. Um, it's not for kids. I'm just going to tell you right now, it is not for kids. So don't don't pretend that you're 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 going to let little Timmy watch this because it is not for little Timmy. So don't so don't do that. Little Timmy should not be playing this game. So yeah, let him eat his kicks. You know, exactly. Kick, kick him so, back. Kick but him uh, but it's a pretty good game. So I would say definitely pick it up. I saw a trailer for that game. I was all like, eh, I don't know about this sense of humor. It's like, eh. it doesn't. Yeah, it it's very. I don't know. It 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 does not. Um, it I don't want to say that it grates on you, but but it can be a little much at times. Um, and I, you can actually though set it in the in the in the uh, options that they don't talk as much. So that's actually pretty good. So you can actually tone it down. So that's all I've been playing. So uh, Kev, what have you been playing, buddy? So for me, it's been more Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge. I'm, Did you beat it? I haven't beat it yet. Okay. I know it's only like three hours long, but <laughs> I jump I jump into it and I play for a level, then I put it down. I jump into it, I play for a level and put it down. I think... And it's not because I don't want to play more. It's that I really don't. I know this game is short, and I just don't want it to end. I'm, I'm not ready it. for it. I want to savor it. Yeah. So I play through a level. All right, great. And then I'll wait. I'll hold off for a couple of days, and then I'll jump back into it. Oh, I'll play another level. So I, <laughs> it, it's it's dumb the way I, though I'm doing it, but it's. I'm going to go back. I'm going to be playing this for the long haul because I want to play through this with all of the characters. You finish the game to unlock Casey. Uh, what's it? Casey Jones. Casey Jones. Like, yeah. So I'm going to be playing this for a minute. So my goal is to have this wrapped up by the time uh, River City Girls 2 drops. So that's that's the next uh, big time brawler that I'm I'm looking forward to, but yeah, Shredder's Revenge is awesome. Uh, I just fought uh, Baxter, the, the, the Baxter, the fly, the fly guy scientist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's just such an homage to everything TNMT that you know everybody has said how as as sung this game's praises and rightfully so. Play some Outriders. I'm trying to get my my character to level 51 before i start the world slayer campaign because that's where it starts it kind of sort of defaults at uh 
what do they call that uh, uh, level 16 for what they they what do they call that uh, apocalypse tier apocalypse level 16 so I'm trying to get my character to level 51 uh, before I jump into all that content having still still having fun with it like I said last week I kicked my trickster to the curb he has been he has been he is now retired <laughs> in the in the digital ether uh, as a digital as a uh, as a binary memory so uh, yeah. I'm I'm now rolling uh, uh, Technomancer, because I just don't have the patience to to get better with the trickster. I, I, I just don't. <laughs> I'd rather throw turrets and uh, throw turrets and put everything in either in in a in a in a status state and weaken them that way. I I seem to do a lot better when I'm running missions solo. So. It is what it is. So I'm, I'm, I, I think uh, Technomancer is going to. I don't think I know because I ain't going to start this game over again. Yeah. Um, Technomancer is just going to be my dude. So enjoying that. But started a new game, that being DNF Duel uh, by Arc System Works. And man, this game, this this is probably the game that that's going to pull me back into fighting games. Uh, kind of big time because every time like you know like dragon ball fighters and all these other games that i have purchased and have not played i keep saying yeah this is the this is the one that's going to bring me back in this is the one that's going to bring me back in um this is the one that's going to bring me back in because it's the one that i've actually sat down and started playing (laughs) and man this game is great um I have not tried the single player or the online yet, but what I have done is I've gone and looked and started messing with the training the uh, training options and deciding on a main and kind of getting into my in, or a couple of characters to main rather. And I think I'm going to kick things off with the uh, Crusader and the Grappler. So I'm going to start working. I'm I'm working with them, and I tell you, graphically, this game is just drop dead gorgeous. It's it's single player components are sparse. It's not very deep. So if you're expecting Mortal Kombat level single player story content, you're not going to get it that much. I know. this game, I mean, even they don't even the characters don't have names. They're named after their classes from the uh, from the MOBA DNF uh, DNF fighters or whatever they call that. I think it's uh, whatever they call that that PC Dungeon Fighter MOBA, Online. Dungeon Fighter Online, yeah. The characters don't even have names. Their 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 classes is their name. So I told uh, you, it's, not a whole lot of. <laughs> they love to do it. Not a whole lot of effort went into creating backstory. I think something like that could be added, you know, after the fact. But the time that that, and I and I understand that. But the time was spent in making a well-playing couple of a couple of imbalances here and there fighting game and. 
that I don't mind at all. It, it, it's not a full price game. It's 50 bucks. Um, word, word of warning for those who are using fight sticks. Do not, if you're going to buy physical, do not buy the PS5 version unless you have a PS5 compatible fight stick. Because if you're using one for PS4 slash PC, uh, like I was using, I have my uh, hitbox is PS4 PC, then you will get this message saying that you are not allowed, you, you are not allowed or your controller is not compatible with this PS5 game. And I uh, thank goodness I got this game digitally because all I had to do was go back to the store and get a free download of the PS4 version and my uh, hitbox uh, ran flawlessly. So be mindful if you're playing on PlayStation and you have a PS5 and you want to opt for the PS5 version of this game. If your arcade stick is was for PS4 and is not specifically for PS5, it will not work on this game. Uh, so, and, and assuming that you bought it, bought you're buying the game physically. Uh, so keep that in mind. But I am looking forward to spending a lot of time getting into DNF Duel. I think this is this is the game that's going to get me get me back in because now everybody's kind of sort of on that that learning the game. You know, the the, the playing field is kind of level. Uh, other games, and I'm still going to keep these games like Dragon Ball Fighters. I'm, I'm at some point I'm going to get into that game. But I mean, everybody, Dragon Ball Fighter has been out for about three, four years almost now. Uh, so it, everybody that's still playing is 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 a killer. <laughs> so, yeah, I would want to play it. Mm-mm. So yeah, <laughs> so it, get trying to get into it now, and I'm I'm tempted now just to wait until the sequel because it's 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 apparent that um there was a um uh some type of a dragon ball fighters uh stream that took place like on twitch a couple days ago i think and they didn't announce anything but it's obvious that that fighters 2 is 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 being worked on at some level so um i i'm more likely to just to wait for that (laughs) <laughs> for for two to drop before getting into that game big time. So, but yeah, um, also picked up a Dragon's Dogma on PC. I have not played it yet. Uh, the Steam's the Steam Summer Sale is in full effect right now, and I was able to snag that for four dollars and some change. So at some point, I'm going to be jumping back into that game. Uh, being able to because i was going to get the i was thinking about getting it on playstation but uh since the summer sale is going on and it's uh, under five bucks and you're the i believe the playstation version is limited to 30 fps i went on ahead and just got the steam version because uh, this is a ps3 era this is a ps3 era title so i figured i'd get the better get the better graphic fidelity and get the higher frame rate uh, for under five bucks that's a, that's a good deal for me so hopefully next week i'll have 
some more comments about Dragon's Dogma on PC. But for me, that is all I've been playing this past week, which is going to move us to our next topic on the docket, that being the main event. So, all right, Dez, you got the mic, bro. All righty. So thank you, as always, to everyone who took the time to answer our main event question. Our main event question uh, this week was, we haven't done this in a while, but we'd like to hear what other podcasts you, our listeners, listen to. Let's spread some love to the other casters out there. They don't have to be video game related. Uh, they can be any genre you like. Let us know, and we'll talk about them uh, on our next show. And that is today. So, uh, Crucial Chase on Discord says, uh, I'll pimp my friend's Fred's uh, podcast, Video Game Purists. And also some self-promoting, because, again, um, uh, Chase is a podcaster and a streamer, so uh, you should really check him out, Crucial Chase. Um, I've been on uh, Scar... Scarcasm uh, with Scarfinger for about five years, and he started Crucial Core, where uh, we talk about set topics uh, for a session. The first session season. was uh, oh, sorry, season, sorry, uh, set topics for a season. Uh, the first season was the was the Friday Thirteenth series, and the second season is uh, David Lynch. So, so yeah, they talk about all those interesting, you know. Um, probably body horror type stuff, you know, or, or that surrealist um, information. So again, I could be doing it wrong. You could definitely join our podcast and talk to Chase yourself uh, or join us during our, um, our game nights is, is Chase is a, is a loyal member who always shows up. Um, do you, can you talk a little bit more about, about some of his stuff, Joe? Oh, what do you mean he, as far as, Oh no, just, just as far as I, I know that he was in a, um, uh he was in or he listens to a, a few uh metal or or black metal ones too i'm sorry to put you on the spot but i know that you know a couple other ones that he was talk, that he talks about well on this crystal core uh podcast he's just going in uh talking like the first season was dedicated to friday the 13th the yeah. movies and the second season's about david lynch i know that he was talking about maybe possibly doing a uh, third season on the uh banzeo possibly Oh. on there but uh, uh as far as scarcasm no nah, it's just uh more of his uh kind of what we do with uh with scarfinger on there uh, cool. his own video game podcast you know and he also streams as well so yeah yeah so again check him out on twitch um and on youtube uh crucial chase uh wildy on discord says uh for gaming piece related uh you guys of course meaning us oh thank you so much my friend <laughs> Uh, full nerd, uh, PC and uh, Cagcast and uh, Next Lander. Uh, he recently stopped listening to Giant Bomb, they changed a bunch of stuff on the show. A few of the old crew moved over to Next Lander, non gaming podcasts, uh, stuff you should know, The Daily Stoic, uh, Up First, a few Niners podcasts a few soccer podcasts and a few stock market podcasts. Wow. Will D will all over the place. Everybody, you know, I, I will, you know, that's really a lot of, a lot of very interesting and very topics, you know, that you're, that you're listening to, you know, I love to have you on, you know, and uh, talk, talk about some of this stuff. So if you're ever up for it, let us know. Uh, 
Kev, what are some podcasts that you listen to? Uh, so I'm going to, none of the podcasts I'm going to mention are gaming related. Okay. Uh, but they're going to give you kind of a, an aspect of, as to my weirdness. <laughs> so uh, I want the first two I'm going to mention are uh, theology podcasts. I want to uh, put out uh, Tony Evans, uh, The Alternative. I've been listening to Tony Evans' uh, sermons, and he puts his sermons in a podcast form. He is a pastor out of Dallas, Texas. I believe he was a former. Uh, um, oh my God, I forget the official. There's a word for it. Uh, chaplain. Yeah, that's the word. He was the official chaplain for the Dallas Cowboys at one point, and just really sound theology. Really sound theology. Um, uh, very his uh, his messages are really uh, really biblically sound, which is what at the time when I when I discovered him, I actually discovered him from uh, listening to a uh, a radio interview on uh, on a Fresno station and. Uh, he was being interviewed there and I started once I got a an iPod an iPod, <laughs> I found out that he was putting his sermons in uh in uh podcast form. So definitely want to put uh, Tony Evans, mention Tony Evans podcast and also along the same line, uh Pastor Paul Shepherd out of uh Oakland, California. Uh, with his Destined for Victory podcast. Again, super sound theology. Uh, he is a pastor originally out of uh, Philadelphia. and uh, But what's unique about him is that he puts a level of humor into his sermons that you almost never hear. Uh, so... It's very biblically sound. It's, it's like what, what he says. He says, my job as a pastor is not only to, to make you think, my job is also to make you laugh. And hopefully if I'm doing my job right, my, my job is to make you say, mm. And he does, he does do that. So uh, Paul Shepard and uh, Tony Evans are the two, are two of the podcasts I want to mention. Now for the remainder of the I think another three or four that I want to talk about uh, are, are, are woo related. So for those who don't know what woo is, that's the uh, the weird the weird topics that nobody in good company wants to talk about. So the first one <laughs> the first one I'm going to mention is a fictional narration uh, called the Old Gods of Appalachia. Uh, it is a free podcast. It's on just about every um, every podcast aggregate aggregate that's out there. Uh, basically, the best way to describe Old Gods of Appalachia is a fictional narration weaving H.P. Uh, Lovecraftian horror and hillbilly mythos. Wow. That's really the best way to describe it, and it is, it is really good. It is really good. The level of um, 
description that they go into the the quote unquote old gods, which are very Lovecraftian in their and how they're described, uh, the effects that they have on uh, the townsfolk of the fictional town of Barlow. It it it, it I I. It's good. It's very good. Uh, high level, high production levels, very, um, and some of them, <laughs> you know, if you're in a, if you're in a dark room, don't be surprised if your, uh, your heart rate might, might increase. Mm. It is a, it is a scary show. So, uh, definitely I would encourage folks, uh, if they're in the mood for some, some fictional horror narration, to check out Oh Gods of Appalachia. Now, the next three that I'm going to mention are um, they, they they're free, but to really get the most out of them, you have to pay. And I and I do. I am a member of their uh, the their pay version, so I get the members only stuff. Uh, these podcasts are. Uh, also in the woo category, but it is it is uh, nonfiction. So the first one I'm going to mention of of the nonfiction group is going to be uh, the Confessionals uh, by uh, Paul Merkel. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Brian Merkel. And I'm probably I'm probably getting his first name his first name wrong, but this guy. Uh, People send him emails and they describe their uh, weird uh, occurrences and he interviews them and lets them lets them speak their experiences, speak their truth. And what I, another thing that I like about uh, this guy is that he himself comes from a uh, Christian background and he's not afraid to look at uh, these topics from that perspective. And but he lets his uh, his guests speak about their experiences uncut, unedited. And uh, yes, yeah, so the, a lot of the things that people have experienced uh, that he talks about on his show are like it makes you like, OK, <laughs> if if the, and you might say, oh, well, all these people are full of shit. They're all lying. They're all just doing this again. It's like, eh, if some of the, a lot of these people, you listen to the, how they, how, how, when they recall their experiences, and it's like, if they are, then they're the best actors of the, in the world. You know, forget, forget, uh, uh, you know, give the, whoever they're giving the Academy Award to. Uh, they need to be giving it to these folks if they're if they are indeed faking it. So I would definitely encourage folks if they want to hear uh, claimed true horror experiences, supernatural experience to check out uh, the confessional. The other one I'm going to mention also, it's also free, but I'm also on their on their paid list is uh, blurry creatures. and they're, they're a newer, uh, they're a newer podcast. I, I don't know exactly how long they've been around. They haven't been around of the of the ones I'm going to talk about now. I think they've been around the shortest. Um, 
one guy is a former um, rock and roll guy. He was in a he was in a fairly and he keeps talk, he mentions the band in the earlier podcasts of the, the band that he was in. I cannot remember the name of it. It wasn't one that I that I listened to, but his uh, his part his uh, podcast partner is a childhood friend, and they talk about the woo also from a Christian perspective. But they interview um, kind of like professionals in the field. And I, I don't know how it, well, I use professionals. Uh, with caution, because nobody quite knows what any of this stuff <laughs> exactly is. But these are folks that have put in 15, 20, 30 years of study uh, out in the field, like going into the woods and uh, doing the recordings, interviewing witnesses and putting their own uh, data points together to come up with their own theories uh, regarding what's going on. Uh, in the world of weirdness, so they talk a lot about Bigfoot, talk a lot about Dogman, a lot of cryptids, uh, a lot of stuff also um, from uh, well-known people in um, in, the in theological circles who uh, apply a, a Christian viewpoint to a lot of the weirdness that is going on in this world. Uh, they do have a free feed on podcast ag aggregates, but their best stuff is also uh, on on their pay on their pay feed, and their their subscription, I believe, is something like three dollars a month. You know, it, it is well well worth it if you find uh, this type of thing interesting. And the last podcast I am going to mention um, does not have a. Uh, a free feed on uh, any of the podcast aggregates, so it's only paid. Although he does have a YouTube channel, is uh, I am Dark Waters, aka James Waters, out of Louisiana, and this dude uh, is probably is, is definitely my favorite of this of the group, and he comes from a mechanical engineering background. Uh, commercial sales background, worked in a different, couple of different aspects of uh, Louisiana government, particularly in uh, New Orleans. And he has, he has had like firsthand experiences dealing with the woo, like, uh, you know, family members in, uh, in hoodoo or prudu practitioners, seeing just about everything and what he does uh with his podcast or with his uh paid content rather is he does what he what he calls looping which is something that detectives do so that the the purpose is to get the person that you're talking to to try and catch them in a lie or to catch them in a in a falsehood so if someone calls and they say yeah well i had this uh uh, I had this experience with this upright walking wolf in the woods, say. And so they'll talk to him and he'll go through an extensive interview process that can go anywhere from one to three months. 
and he'll want to talk to just about everybody involved and just try to pick out these inconsistencies and uh, try to pick out uh, where people might be, you know, trying to to pull the pull the sheet over his eyes. And his content is by far some of the uh, some of the best in the uh, true paranormal uh, space for 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 this kind of content. I, I think it's 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 the best, uh, bar none. It's the stuff that that he that the people that he interviews have ex- have have experienced the things that they've done. Um, if it really weren't for the reputation that he's established in this space, uh, you say no way that, that, that this shit happened. It's like, no, no, that, that, that's impossible. But I mean, the man puts his, uh, puts his reputation behind every story that he puts out and his content, his content, the quality of his content is proof of it. So uh, I would highly, highly, highly recommend if you like want to if you want to scare yourself half to death, <laughs> go to I Am Dark Waters and listen to like literally any story that he's got up there. It is, um, and he also uh, is a Christian. He comes from. Uh, he looks at this from a uh, Christ-centered lens, and man, his content. Um, not only being a source of entertainment, but also being a resource that people can add to their quiver for those who are just trying to figure out what's going on, because this world is a lot weirder uh, than we think it is. And uh, <laughs> if you want to kind of start start your journey into the into the rabbit hole, uh, you can't start with a a better resource than IamDarkWaters.com. So those oh, wow. are those are my shows, my recommended shows. Cool. Uh, well, you got a lot. So uh, so for me, um, I do a lot of um, a lot of YouTube. Like I'm a I'm a YouTube person, and I consume a lot of content there. Um, and sometimes I I just listen to the videos because people will put their podcast podcasts on YouTube. So some of the ones that I look at a lot is um, I guess one would have to be um, uh, Adrian Expression. Um, I do like um. What's another one that I that I really 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 uh, Mr. Maddie plays. Uh, he's the person that that does specifically uh, talks specifically about Xbox stuff. And what I like about his content is even though he is really big on Xbox and really tries to like pump them up, he is also very I don't want to say critical, but he's but he's but he's critical of of them as well. Um, and he gives a really a really well rounded, um, in my opinion, a really well rounded. Uh, version um, uh, uh, comments around play around up uh, sorry Xbox and and what they could do to be better um, and I've really I've really enjoyed his content uh, for that uh, as someone who who was primarily gaming is on uh, PS5 it's really good to talk to you know to see him 
uh, talk about like the try to really focus on the positives of Xbox. So if you're if you like Xbox, you're probably going to want to check uh, check him out on YouTube. Uh, Gaijin Hunter is another person um, that I follow uh, quite a bit and and watch his stuff. Um, if you want to really watch really good stuff or listen to really good stuff, Ace Vane uh is it's a c e v a n e and he is hilarious it's a lot of i'm not gonna lie it's a lot of hood type comedy stuff but it's all done in the comic book video game kind of space mighty keith is another one um so these guys are really putting in work to make uh quality content that basically lamb lamb lambasts um uh, popular culture, especially video games, cartoons, and stuff like that. Really good. Uh, Co Carnage is another one. He is a uh, streamer reviewer. Uh, mostly, mostly he's a streamer. I um, mean, he plays, uh, does does walkthroughs uh, of various different games. I've seen a lot of different games that I haven't um, seen uh, before that he plays. Same thing with um, uh, Splatter Cat. Uh, gaming is another person who I watch. They do uh, every day. He releases thirty-minute uh, let's plays, of mostly indie games, and that's why I've. That's how I know a lot of indie games is from watching him and seeing like the first thirty minutes of a game, um, and 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 really showing the the inner workings of the game. Um, really, really good stuff. Um, I also watch if you if you are a uh, a Magic the Gathering. Uh, person like I am, like I love Magic Gathering, and I I play um, Commander is the format that I play most. I watch uh, a couple of or listen to a couple of of, of podcasts and and um, watch shows. Uh, one of them is the Command Zone, the Command Zone podcast, as well as uh, Game Nights from them. They're they're two pretty big uh, Jimmy Wong and uh, Jason Jason Lee Kwai. Uh, who are really really big in the command uh like in the commander scene and they do a lot of really good uh really good content in their podcast uh talks about upgrades to various different desks decks various different formats it's really really uh a good a good place to shop uh a good place to start uh alias v is another one that deals with mostly commander content um if you like magic gathering fantastic Tularian community college is another one uh yeah those are and then and then i have to give it to 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 one of the first people that i really like i think he has one of the best voices in gaming podcasts and that is uh acg i think um i think he's you know been out there doing it for a very long time i don't think that he gets the um the credit that he that he deserves or the spot that he deserves because he's out here doing work as well so uh, ACG definitely. If you haven't listened to him or checked him out, really, really good. Uh, there's a dozen. I follow a ton of people and listen to a lot of content and absorb a lot of content through through YouTube. Um, usually because I like the video, the visual con- the visual context of it. I like to see what I'm what what they're talking about. Um, that's usually what I do. Although there's, there's a couple other ones like the Command Zone is a is a podcast that I that I that I listen to as well and. And yeah, uh, these are all, all these are all different ones that you can take a look at. You know, the first one was uh, that I talked about. Adrian Expressions is a is a is a queer oriented uh, person. You know, it's a young black queer talking about politics uh, from a from a queer lens, very out there in his uh, in, in a lot of his stuff. 
uh, and what he talks about. It's a it's a very uh, very interesting um, content that that he is putting out. So definitely want to try it out. Uh, Afro Afro uh, Sinzu uh, XL is another one. Afro he uh, he's another uh, African American guy out there doing let's plays. Um, I posted some of his stuff in the in the Discord because uh he's, he's he he is a personality you know he gets out there and he plays games and he just has a lot of fun his uh uh his elden ring content was was fantastic you know he's he's a really he's out there and he's just really having a lot of fun uh and then the last one i want to talk about is noisy pixel noisy pixel is uh is really good uh they are a review site who who uh they don't do a podcast so much as they they just do really quick short reviews of uh, of indie games usually coming to the switch um and i think that they are really a really good collection they call themselves a group of nerds who talks about this stuff and i think that they are really really um uh a really good channel that people should really uh should check out i think i think people would really would really like them uh that's that's pretty much all that i have uh we have one last person who came in and, and gave us a shout out and that's our friend and mine uh your friend and mine uh mr fred french on twitter says i used to i used to listen to a ton of podcasts but over time a lot of them called it quits so here's my short list of what i still listen to ghr retro rinse thc cagcast and I want to say thanks to everyone who does a podcast. I can only imagine the time and work that goes into it. I tried to keep it to one tweet, but ran out of space. THC is tap the craft. I owe a lot to, to those guys. They taught me a lot about craft beer, and I've enjoyed many new beers because of them. I'm curious to hear other people's answers. Maybe I'll find some new podcasts to listen to. So, so Fred, I really hope that you uh, were able to find a lot of really good podcasts uh, to listen to uh, from, from all of ours and what we talked about. I know that uh, this Tap the tap the Craft, uh, I had a friend of mine, uh, I used to know a guy actually, um, I don't really talk to him that much anymore, uh, but he used to make his own beer. And he would actually take it to, to Burning Man. And so that was his big thing is he would make up a batch and he would take them to Burning Man because at Burning Man, you can't have uh, sales transactions. So uh, he would just, because it's all barter system. And so he would basically give them out to people. So, so yeah, so it was very interesting. And I really hope that you're out there making your own beer. So uh, to round out our, our segment, want to give it to Trader Joe. Uh, what are some of the other podcasts that you listen to? I mean, I hope they're not a lot because you should be focusing on the two that you're on, buddy. <laughs> well, you know, obviously I like to listen to things too. They're Buster. So I don't know. You might be moonlighting. You probably, moonlighting? Got, like, you probably got like four or five other podcast children running around. <laughs> you know it. Now, as far as a uh, game podcast, uh, pretty much uh, I, I do listen to a few. Uh, A4 Play, of course, it's cool. Standby. Uh, A4 is the translation company from Japan with the ex-EGM employees like John Riccardi and uh, Mark McDonald on there. It's like a, it's been really fun to listen to on there. They're based out of Japan, so I don't know if that's something you listen to on the regular, Kev, or. I've listened to them. I have not listened to them recently, but uh, but yeah, I, I have I have listened to them before. Yeah. Also, uh, Player One podcast is another one I still listen to on there. Another uh, ex EGM people, Greg Seward, 
uh, Chris Johnson, uh, Phil Theobald on there. In fact, uh, I know Greg Stewart from when I used to work for Gaming Age way back when on here. And it's just still a joy to kind of get an older gamer's perspective on things. On that, you know, all the guys on there are like in their 40s and have kids and, uh, you know, pretty much uh, were rooted back in the 90s and 80s uh, games that we grew up on. Uh, I, I listen to Digital Foundry's uh, Direct Weekly on here. You know, the, they have a YouTube channel, but I find that it's kind of interesting to listen to them audio-wise too as well. So uh, also I do check out this other uh, video game podcast called the So Video Games Podcast, which is uh, tied in with games critics, game critics, uh, the particular website on there. And I find that it's something... A little bit out of the ordinary to listen to. They talk about Switch games. They talk about like uh, different games than what we talk about on the normal. So and it's not a mainstream podcast, you know, because those could get kind of boring if need be. Um, also listen to the Third Fleet podcast, which is a Monster Hunter podcast with Gaijin Hunter and uh, another gentleman on there. On there, enjoy listening to that because it's just deeper dives on that. And then uh baseball i'm a big baseball fan and so i listen to a ton of baseball podcasts so including uh 755 is real i'm a big atlanta braves fan so that pretty much it's uh, something to where i listen to that every a couple episodes a week uh 3-0 show roundtable starkville so pretty much uh you name it i'm in there i'm listening to baseball podcasts on the regular on there so you know i'm watching baseball too on the download i'm listening to baseball games when i go walk my dogs you know not just uh braves games i'll listen to other games too just in case or you know something catches my eye that kind of thing so as far as youtube uh i've been diving in a little bit into youtube so uh pretty much uh baseball related the only person i follow regarding baseball on youtube is this guy named zach hampel and he's just like this like kind of um kind of upper crusty richie like a 40 year old that uh, basically goes around the country and tries to catch foul balls on here and he's noted to catch like a number of different uh Foul balls from uh, certain players, like he caught like uh, Mike Trout's first home run, and he caught Alex Rodriguez's uh, 3,000th um, hit, or like no, it's like a 500th home run or something like that. So he's uh, has a GoPro. He's out like in left and right field trying to catch fly balls and barter and all this other stuff. And in a did way, he, like, I, did he like steal a, a one from a kid or something? Oh. Um, he was lauded as just, you know, getting in into the crowd and like, uh, you know, kind of wrestling for balls. He's competitive. He keeps a actual <laughs> track of the amount of balls he's, he's caught. So he's up to 11,000 some odd balls. And like in his videos, it's all the kids love him. He pretty much hands all almost all the foul balls unless they have some sort of significance to kids once he catches them and whatnot. So. And he's kind of given carte blanche by a lot of baseball teams. So he's up there, you know, just, uh, but he's uh, sitting there trying to haggle with the players. He actually comes to the field with uh, both the visiting and home team's baseball cap in his backpack. And he'll go and put the different ball cap on when he's trying to hustle for balls from the particular team. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) No shame. Nope. 
it's all part of the count on there. So, and he does have a like a cup with a rope that he brings out that he has a cup trick that will try to grab balls out from like say they went behind the fence or something like that. So, jeez. So he's into it. You know, it's a amusing watch because of the fact that I get to see a baseball game from a different perspective than just the broadcast. So on there and then also too on youtube i kind of check a, a few like you know like they have these uh channels where people like listen and critique the music on there or like give impressions for the first time so i watch like lost in vegas which is two african-american gentlemen like getting exposed to different music than what they're used to kind of they've grown with the channel they have like over a million subscribers and then usuals of course uh, digital foundry um I follow this one channel called Retro Game Core. Retro Game Core, which pretty much is, all he focuses on is all these like um, Chinese like emulation like handhelds and you know with a bunch of emulators on there and whatnot. And there's a lot of interesting handhelds coming out that on top of the Steam Deck, on top of everything else. And then, of course, I think you mentioned of course ACG. Follow ACG on YouTube. Kind of a good listen then from there and that's pretty much it i mean but uh still lots of different stuff so cool well, thank you so much for sharing that um so again i hope you all uh, had a great time listening to us ramble on about uh other uh podcasts and video casts and all the different stuff that we that we listen to again we just wanted to get show a little shine share a little of our shine with other people because we're out here most of most of us doing out here for no money just just because we love the um the stuff that we're talking about so um and so we took our time we take our time to do this stuff and we really appreciate uh, folks coming out here and taking the time to listen to us, you know, and especially you folks out there taking the time to respond to our questions. Um, and as always, at the end of the show, Kevin's going to give you a special shout out. So please stay tuned. So uh, for next week's question, uh, we ask, what are your thoughts on Sony launching Game Gear for PC and PS5? I think steak is on the menu. Uh, let us know what you think and we'll share your thoughts on the show. telling you kev's gonna get fed (laughs) wow you gotta gotta bring that up again yep kev's gonna show up (laughs) big on everything let's go big old big old knife and fork (laughs) telling you but uh but that's it for me so uh without further ado i'm gonna send it over to uh jabroni chief with the Jabroni News. <laughs> and... <laughs> You're a straight-ass sucker, aren't you? <laughs> All right. We go into the news right now. It's not the Jabroni News. It's just the news. Thank you. So... Now it's your news. You do the section. All right, all right, all right. All the news that's fit to print or talk about. Of course. Thank you, Des. Appreciate it. (laughs) Appreciate it. You're so you're so uh, thorough in covering the main event. We appreciate it. So you're welcome. So yeah, first thing on the docket uh, this past week, a Nintendo Direct Mini Partner Showcase happened. So basically, it's all the third-party companies that Nintendo. Wanted to throw a shine on and to kind of let people know 
about what's going on. And so uh, pretty much it was about a 25, 30 minute direct on there. And the first thing that they led off was with Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak on there. So it was a launch trailer for the game on that. And um, it pretty much talked more about the game, which we'll talk about here. I think out of the three of us, uh, I did pick up the collector's edition. It's on its way. It should be here on Tuesday. I kind of just uh, decided I wanted the Steelbook, even though there's no game card that comes in the actual package. But it comes with an Amiibo, and I'm ready to roll as soon as this thing gets here, you know. I'm kind of eager to kind of check it out. It's been getting really good ratings. Kind of, uh, what's your guys' thoughts? I mean, it's, you, I think we talked a couple times, and I think Rise is kind of on the back burner as far as Sunbreak is concerned for the both of you, right? That is correct. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to play it. I'm going to play it, but I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to jump into it right now. Got it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if I jump into it, too. I want to play Outriders. There's other games I want to play, too, but I did want to grab the Collector's Edition regardless on there. Uh, also announced uh, they do have a port of Near Automata, uh, the end of Yorha edition coming out in October on here. So if you ever want to play Near Automata on the Switch, well, guess what? It's coming in October. Uh, there is a noted um, translation house that is working on this that has done previous great work on the Switch. And so Something to keep an eye out for, just in case if you did want to play near Automata on the Switch. You know, I think all of us probably prefer to play it on a better platform. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. uh, also announced on here, uh, Konami is channeling their uh, inner Hudson Soft, and they have announced Super Bomberman R2 on here, which was. Uh, Kind of interesting. It's coming to Switch, but it's also being released for everything under the sun. PS5, PS4, Series X, Xbox One, and also on Steam. On here, it looks like there is some new um, multiplayer modes, including a castle battle mode in which you'll need to team up to build castle defenses while your opponents work out their best method of attack. So it sounds like uh, that uh, there's going to be lots to look forward to. I'm kind of eager to see where they take this series too because i know that konami tried to move it over to like a free-to-play kind of motif and it didn't really work too well on here any of you two gentlemen bomberman fans i know i'm a big bomberman fan from back in the day but I haven't really played it yeah we played much. it a lot when, yeah. we were, when, we were, when we were younger yeah yeah i i remember playing it a couple of times um I think I was over at, yeah, I was over at Jet uh, hanging out with you, Joe. Uh, but I don't believe I ever had any Bomberman titles uh, in my library. Yeah, I used to play a lot, especially uh, it was like one of my launch titles on the Turbo uh, Graphics 16, and then moving over to SNES, and then Saturn Bomberman is great on there, so. Especially playing like, you know, uh, like seven, eight player because I had enough Saturn controllers where I was able to play like uh, with the multi taps and multiple multi taps to be able to go and do that. So, yeah, we're playing that good times on there. So we'll have to see how how well this next version comes out. It looks kind of super cartoony, but, you know, we'll see uh, how Konami kind of lays things out. I wish Konami would mind their back catalog a little bit more. 
and take a look at a lot of their Hudson Soft and their Turbo stuff out of the, the coffers, but, you know, uh, I, I, they're too busy, like, you know, making pachinko machines, I guess, to, you know, be bothered, but uh, who's to say? <laughs> the there, money so. is. You know it. And next trailer kind of threw everything out of the blue. I think this is one of the things that Desmond was super excited about. Uh, Capcom is bringing out a Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection on here. So this brings out all the Mega Man Battle Network games that were kind of stuck on the Game Boy Advance over onto both the Switch and also coming out for playstation 4 as well so this is mega man battle network one two three four five and six including all different variations of both three four five and six which came out in like separate versions a la pokemon on there so but uh, uh digitally they're releasing them on the switch in two separate collections but there's actually a physical version uh with all 10 in total that will be on the card or disc on there and so i am there day one i've enjoyed these games before in the past des i'll kick it over to you because i know you're super excited about this announcement so uh day one you even have to ask this is i i I plots a little for this because i was just like oh my god i was like finally like because i was i was trying to play this thing because you can play them in your browser now they have a like their emulators and stuff and you can emulate them but but they're just not the same you know they're just they're just not the same so Having when I saw that, I was just like, it was like, finally, it was like, thank you, thank you, thank you. Like, yeah, I am, I am day one on that. I really hope that they do a, a bigger, um, like a, I don't want to say like an anniversary edition, but just, just like a, like add extras to it. I know it's, I know it sounds like a lot, but I just want like something extra. You know, it's like, I just want, like, like, I want them to, like, add more stuff to it. You know, I just, because I'm just so excited. So I'm like, please, let me see what you got, you know. But, yeah, I'm I'm here for it. I think it's a great idea. Um, it's long time coming. Um, I do want to say that it's interesting that I don't think it's coming to Xbox, though. So I know that that's kind of, <laughs> I feel bad for Xbox folks for that, because it's not coming to Xbox, so... I know that you know maybe one one time, but I know a lot of their re- Capcom's re-releases, like the uh, Ace Attorney collection, they don't really come the Xbox way because they're driven by the Japanese division of Capcom. And of course, even though I know our Xbox enthusiasts love to say, "Oh, Xbox is beating PlayStation Five in Japan," you're looking at like console sales of. 6,000 a week is being lauded a, a, a decisive win in the Japanese market, which is <laughs> yet again, uh, switch it's switch and mobile in the Japanese market. Everything else is just leavings. Yeah. That. But yeah. I, again, I just think it's really kind of like, I feel really kind of bad, you know, because I think this is a, this would be a game because it's much lauded by a lot of like, and I know some people might say like, you know, Oh no, it was a, it's a, it's a um, Nintendo kind of. Well, no, it's because it's a the the game. Even though the game was, you know, great and people love it, it's just it. I, I, it might just be a little bit too niche, you know. And that's that's kind of what I what I think is maybe they were thinking like you know oh this is too niche and I just don't think a lot of people are gonna want it and blah 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 you know you know how 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 folks could be. So I I just think that that might be one of the things one of the reasons why we're not 
like they're not getting it so but i i just was like really like sad about it because i was like you know folks from on like i I want more people to be able to to play this game and this series but because i'm definitely here for it like i'm like i want it like now (laughs) i want it like now i kind of surprised they didn't bring out because there were some games they brought up for the the ds i believe that was like a spinoff from battle network i'm trying to remember what those uh, mega man star force i think was yeah so like they have the ability to do it it's just they just just didn't you know and i'm just maybe that'll be a later collection but i know that star force wasn't as as lauded as uh, the battle network series was i know so but anyway i'm I'm happy for it i can't wait it also announced on this show there was a remake of pac-man world called pac-man world repack on here which is coming out in august um i know some people were commenting that they feel like uh pac-man world 2 is like the better platform out of the three uh games that came out in this series and of course because of the whole miss pac-man rights being all bungled right now um it's gonna be um pac-mom instead of uh, miss pac-man so <laughs> All right, bring on the Pac Mom. Kind of ridiculous that Pac-Man's wife's called Pac Mom. It's like you don't know if it's his mother or his wife, you know. So <laughs> some shenanigans in the Pac-Man world over here, some Mori business. So you know, Pac Mom. I don't know why they just didn't. Was it was it like a money issue, or they just didn't? They just couldn't. No, nah, them- nah, that company that um, does a lot of um, at games. Uh, they mm-hmm. release a lot of like these, uh, like all-in-one systems that are released at retail they -hmm. went behind namco's back and bought the rights to miss pac-man from the original creators of miss pac-man and so Mm -hmm. they don't have the rights to it and they've sued to try to reobtain the rights to miss pac-man and currently they don't have the rights to the ip so Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's ridiculous you know so it's something to me i think at games is uh a bunch of bastards yeah that sucks so, wow yeah. <laughs> like i mean a laugh but damn that's shady <laughs> yeah also announced during the nintendo direct there was this indie game called blunk on here which is in a very like uh black and white um world with a deer and looks like a wolf cub on here and the art style just looks off the chain i don't know if you had a chance to take a look at this trailer des but uh, it's being published by gearbox on here it's going to be releasing in winter which is quite appropriate because a lot of it's a winter themed uh platformer on there but uh it looks good uh can't wait to see once it does come out what happens with it and whatnot you know so uh also too um being shown here next thing was a trailer for return to monkey island on here uh are you a big monkey island fan des i've never i am not yeah, so we'll kind of move on from that. Uh, Mario's and Rabbids Sparks of Hope, the sequel to Mar- the first Mario and Rabbids game, was shown here. And then there was a separate uh, uh, event for it that got shown a little bit more. This is the Ubisoft like XCOM Lite Mario strategy game on here. That's coming out in October. I haven't really even played the first one yet and kind of meaning to play it, but... Uh, any good, Des? I, I know you have the first one, right? Uh, yeah, I watched Ball play it a couple times, <laughs> and uh, and it's pretty it's pretty good. Um, I've seen him 
uh, play it. It looks it looks fun. I was I was very surprised that they were actually going to be getting a new one. Like I didn't think that they would be giving a new one. Honestly, I just thought that that was kind of it. You know. So the fact that it's still uh, we're still getting another one is actually a really good, a really cool. Yeah, I'll definitely, I'm not sure if it's a day one, but I know John BT uh, bought this game and enjoyed it as well. So definitely too many games to play too little time on there. Mm-hmm. Also announced on this uh, Nintendo Direct was a game called Little Neo, uh, Little Noah, excuse me, uh, Scion of Paradise. Uh, this is developed by Cygames, the, the makers of Dragalia Lost, which was that Nintendo phone game that is being removed from the market. But uh, this is a mobile game that a lot of people lauded as being a really good game. Uh, this is from, you know, this developer that has been plugging away um, at certain games. And this is a like a really cute roguelike. And it's also released at Shadow Drop during the show. It's only 15 bucks, and it's available also on PlayStation 4 as well. And I was thinking about picking it up on here because a lot of people thought that was a really good mobile game. It was kind of stuck on mobile on there. So so definitely something to keep an eye out for on there. Uh, also shown was a game called RPG Time, The Legend of Right, which was initially launched on Xbox. It's coming out for Switch in August on here. kind of has like that like kind of pen and ink style uh, uh, art, like if it was from like a notebook on here. So kind of was interested in this, you know, even though it dropped on Xbox, it wasn't a Game Pass game. So it kind of went under the radar a bit. So on there. Uh, also shown uh, Sonic Frontiers. There's a lot of polarizing thoughts about this game. Um, I'm not going to have no comments. It does look Directly like it, they put Sonic in uh, Fantasy Star Online to New Genesis and, and just created levels. So that's what it looks like to me. So <laughs> I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Des, or not. Not particularly. I mean, it looked fun, but I'm going to still hold out hope that it's going to be good. Yeah, a lot of people are like lauding it, even though the fact that they haven't played it. So, but <laughs> It does look interesting, though. I'll I'll say that it it does it does look interesting. I'm a little bit concerned about what they're going to do with all that empty space in the environment, though, because exactly that That's does not like, look very yeah. enticing. There's not a lot to do, you know, unless you're fighting one of those uh, Robotnik's droids or whatever they are, um, and they're not everywhere, so. I heard people just discussing that just really the open worldliness of this game doesn't mean because Sonic's best when you're in directed levels, either 3D or 2D. So, so we'll see if they tie that together and make an enticing world. Because I know, especially with the PS2 New Genesis, you just kind of roam in the environment a lot, looking for uh, you know combat and that kind of thing. And it almost seemed like this game's like kind of built on that same engine on there. So we'll have to see. What happens from there? Uh, also shown was a, a new uh, trailer for Live Alive on here, which is the uh, Square Enix RPG remake of the Super Famicom game of said title. Uh, they did drop a demo, and this game is coming out later on this month. 
on here. Um, it's kind of has its roots in the old Super Famicom games, but it's in that uh, kind of same 2D, 3D style, like um, like Octopath Traveler and uh, Bravely Default on there. So it kind of has that same uh, art motif to it. So were you ch- going to check this game out, Des? I wasn't sure if you were on it or not or something you might check out later. I'm definitely going to pick it up. I already have it pre-ordered. So. Yeah, I'm definitely in my wheelhouse because I've been looking for a really good, you know, RPG. And and even from the when I first saw it, um, it was months ago, I was just like, okay, this looks really good. And everything that I see about it just keeps, like, more and more enticing. I need, I do need to download that demo, though, and play it. Me too. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. Also shown, uh, Dorymon Story of Seasons. So if you ever want to play Harvest Moon with Dorymon, guess what? How about it there? So it's a new game. Friends of the Great Kingdom. So if you want to milk a cow with Doramon, guess what? Milk a cow with Doramon. <laughs> Great. Also, Minecraft Legends was shown. This is the same Minecraft Legends as in the Xbox Bethesda Showcase Arama on there. So if you wanted to bust that out on your Switch, guess what? You can do that. Uh, Dragon Quest Treasures. So this game was previously shown on the previous Nintendo Direct, and we finally got an announcement. Switch only. It's coming out December the 9th. On here, it's kind of a treasure roguelike game with a couple of the, the young protagonists from Dragon Quest XI. On here, I'm definitely down for this. It looks cool enough for me to kind of dive into this a little bit. Des, uh, what, what's your overall thoughts about Dragon Quest Treasures? Yeah, it looked pretty good. Um, I'm going to s- probably wait until see uh, what your thoughts are on it <clears throat> when you play it, and then I'll probably end up picking it up. It looks good. I think it's, I think it's different enough. Um, I mean, it might be it might be a little bit reminiscent of Joker, um, but maybe not. But but I don't know. I just was thinking about these kind of like spinoff games that they're doing, and and I keep thinking that like the more stuff they sell that's Dragon, you know, Dragon Quest, then maybe we'll get ten. <laughs> so I'm hoping so, we get ten. Yeah. Yeah. Let's so it's like what... you know we gotta support them. That way they they they, they see that there's a market in the in the West. But we'll see. Let's see what's up at twelve too. I'm kind of curious. So. Yeah. Uh, also, Shadow dropped Portal. The Companion Collection came out. Uh, Valve actually are bringing out Portal One and Portal Two for the Switch on here. And uh, you know I, what's kind of funny? It dropped this week, and there is a back door in this game. And hackers went awry and pretty much unlocked a version of Half-Life 2 for the Switch, which you can play now if you have a hack Switch. So on there. So and they used the Portal Companion Collection kind of back. That's awesome. Emulation to make that happen. And it's actually a fully functioning version of Half-Life 2 and all the side story content based on this Portal Companion Collection that came out. So. I heard it's a really good port, so if you never played Portal, Portal 2, uh, it might be something to take a look at. Or you can play it on your Steam Deck. How about that? So, And then um, Square Enix announced a new farm sim RPG called Harvestella on there. It's coming to the Switch in November. It has a really cool like art style to it, uh, kind of bring a Harvest Moon uh, farming sim type game but bringing more of an rpg element to it on here and so there is an aspect with the game that basically uh, seasons come and go 
on here, you're able to, you know, obviously harvest what you can during the spring and summer, but the season of death comes. It's not just winter, it's the season of death on here. So crops wither and the dust of death prevents people from even walking outside on here. And uh, so it's kind of cool. It's like, you know, emo harvest moon basically with a really a kind of a striking art style, you know, so. I'm kind of de definitely, I think this is something that caught your eye too, Des. It kind of caught my eye too, so. It did. Um, I know that before I said that I'm trying to look for a Harvest Moon title that actually gets the combat right. And I think that this might be the one that does that. Because the, the combat looks really smooth. So, I don't know. Um, I definitely I, have to it, try it, it out. I'm thinking about getting it, actually. It looks better than Rune Factory. I haven't played Rune oh, yeah, Factory it does. in a minute. You know, so. I've played the couple of Rune Factories, but I think this one really spends as much time developing the combat as it did the as it did the um, the, sim. the the sim type stuff. But I am getting strong like um, Final Fantasy vibes with the crystals and all this other stuff. So maybe this was supposed to be a final. I mean, I just don't understand why they just didn't call it, you know, Final Fantasy Harvesta or something like Harvest of the Crystal or something, and just tied to Final Fantasy. It probably would have been better. But I'm, I'm here for I, it. I, I'm, I'm kind of cool that they're kind of keeping the Final Fantasy business out of it and let it stand on its own, you know, let it do its own thing. So, And they are uh, also releasing this for Steam Day 1, too, as well. So in this case, you want to play with better graphics and better fidelity. You know, there you go. So, And then uh, last but not least, to kind of close out the Direct, is like the kind of worst-kept secret, but... And guess what? Atlas is releasing both Persona 3 Portable, Persona 4 Golden, and Persona 5 Royal for the Switch. They don't want to leave that money behind. And Xbox fans, you thought they were just releasing for your platform? No. No, no, no. It's coming out for everything under the sun, like we talked about previously. So, yeah, Persona 5 Royal uh, will be released in October, and then Persona 4 Golden and Persona 3 Portable will be coming out at a later point for the Switch. But, uh, you know, mint that money, Atlas. Make your dollar, make it holla, and get the, these games on and everything under the sun. Um, do you think because of all this multi-platform business with 3, 4, and 5 of the Persona series that we're going to see Persona 6 be a multi-plat to begin? Or you think uh, PlayStation and Sony are going to, like, you know, sew it up and follow the same pattern as previous Persona games? Kev, what do you think? I think this is a test. I think this is a test to see how engaged the Xbox community is really going to be with these games. Because I guarantee you, Persona 6 is not coming to Game Pass day and date. They are not going to put that game on Game Pass because they know that they're going to make a hell of a lot more money selling it than they are for what uh, Daddy Warbucks Phil is going to give them to put it on their, on their service. So this is a test. If you guys, you know, Phil loves Japan, and, you know, you guys have been supposedly crying and complaining. You know, we don't we don't get this Japanese game. We don't get that Japanese game. This is another opportunity to test whether y'all are just talking list wars or if you're serious. And if you're serious, I think 
that there is a good chance that Persona 6 could come to the Xbox. I'm thinking Persona 6 is coming day and date to the Switch as well. I, I don't think that, I don't think that unless, unless PlayStation is willing to uh, uh, pony up a whole lot of money for exclusivity, uh, I think it's going to Nintendo uh, day and date. I don't think that's even an issue because they know it's going to that game is going to be bought by owners of that platform. The question is that the wild card here again is Xbox. Are they going to buy this game? And I think this is this is a test of the emergency buy game system. You know, are you guys going to engage with these titles on Game Pass? If you are, then maybe you guys will get Persona 6 day and date. But if you're not, and you're just, you know, just just, just bragging to be bragging about it, it's Persona 6 is not coming to that platform. Uh, be a win if they do bring it out day and date, not on Games Pass, but just Xbox proper, but that's just... No, they're not going to put Persona 6 on Game Pass. They are not going to do that. They'd be losing money if they did that. Uh, because they they're going to make up in sales for that title on other platforms, and or or rather they're going to be selling it day and date on platforms that people are going to be buying the game day one. And I think they just want to see how engaged the Xbox game gaming community at large is with Japanese oriented content. I think this is what the, what this is all about with these the, these games coming to Game Pass. Definitely have to see what happens, you know. But it's coming out day and date uh, with the Switch version, so and also the Steam version. So, so it is definitely coming out on everything under the sun, and that's kind of good because you know, people that want to play Persona have an opportunity to do so on there. So. All right, another game news this week. Uh, as Desmond alluded to, we're talking about that sizzling steak, that good old happy steak. Uh, Sony, uh, not Sony PlayStation, but Sony, the TV manufacturer, has announced a new gaming gear line called InZone, which is going to be uh, aimed at PC players. So during a media event this past week, they introduced a couple of uh, new gaming monitors and three new gaming headsets on here. So they described InZone as a brand for PC gamers. The first gear announced is also compatible with PlayStation 5 and other consoles on here. Uh, did get a chance to watch some of the coverage. The uh, flagship InZone M9 monitor is releasing this summer for $899. That's kind of pricey. Mm, it's a you're out of your mind. Cheap. 27-inch monitor, but it offers 4K resolution with HDR at 144 Hz refresh rate and variable refresh rate technology. So you got your V and your V-Sync, you got your G-Sync, and uh, the cheaper M3 monitor is coming out later this year for 529. It offers 1080p resolution at 240 Hz on here, and they actually got a uh, cross promotion with Evo because, of course, Sony owns a piece of Evo to have in-zone equipment being used uh, for Evo as well on here. Uh, I had a chance to see a breakdown. I did watch uh, Hardware Unbox YouTube channel and talked about the monitor a bit. 
And it's definitely something to where um, the monitors is pretty pretty badass, actually. It has probably the... Because one thing about PC monitors, HDR is not really supported all that well on PC monitors for whatever reason. But it looks like this thing has proper HDR um, dimming zones and whatnot. Uh, and it definitely is something to keep an eye on if you definitely want to pay the price. But to me, for me, at least in my mind, 27 inch for 900 bucks, where I could go buy an OLED, you know, C1 for $799, $100 cheaper. I just, you know, and unless you're looking to get the whole 144 refresh rate and uh, the aesthetics, it does kind of has the same stylized look as a PlayStation 5. I don't know what you guys feel about it, but I think, like you said, Des, like 900 bucks might be too pricey for all y'all's blood on their books. Again, I think this is just a, a test, and they're putting it out there just to see uh, if the market is receptive to it. Because, again, you know, as I said before, uh, steak is in the air, and it's what's <laughs> for dinner. Um, and and PlayStation and Sony and them are, are just thinking... You know, how could we do this? Because think about it. If you put the peripherals out first and you get everyone set up, it's just a hop, skip and a jump to then release it on on, you know, you know, PC and you're playing it on a PC. You know, think about it. If they say, oh, you know, uh, Ragnarok, uh, God of War Ragnarok looks so fantastic on this in in zone, you know, uh, uh, monitor and this, all this other stuff, you know. I'm telling you, like this, this. Mm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm telling you, you know. It's time to eat. It's time to. I don't eat. know about that business, sir. This is a separate division of Sony. It's not PlayStation. This is just Sony. Uh, Sony. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hardware I mean, It's all separate. Yeah, it's all yeah. separate. They, they have no idea what's going on with anyone else. Yeah, blinders. Complete blinders. <laughs> no idea. Where'd you go there, devil's advocate? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, just, just, I'm, out here, I'm, I'm out here just just trying, you know, just to put it out there. Mind case. your business, son. Mind <laughs> your business. Just saying. I know, I know. Now the headsets, the headsets look good. Uh, the headsets uh, are branded H3, H4. 7 and h9 so the h3 the desmond miller edition is the cheapest version it's the wired edition it's a <laughs> 99, the best version. 99 bucks on here um but there's also uh the h7 which uh basically comes with a dongle it's wireless it has on-screen indicator on ps5 it comes with the uh, gaming and chat balance and they do work with the Tempest 3D Audio Tech it is missing some of the features of the H9, though. The H7 comes in at 229 On here, the 299 headset, the premium H9, offers noise cancellation. It offering a 360 spatial sound and 32 hours of battery life. And uh, had a chance to really check out some of the um, reviews of the headset because it's gone out to various websites. And uh, looks like they have, like, pretty deep cups on here as far as the ear cushions and the span on here. I don't know if it's worthy of a $300 price tag or not, though. I know for both of you, I don't think you'd be spending $300 on any gaming headset. You have to put gold in them, them cups, probably, right? Who are you no, talking to? I, 
Either of us? Fine. Yeah. Either we're not of us. Yeah, we're yeah. not spending that money. I'm not spending that money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm happy with I'm happy with my little um, earbuds. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. Yeah. You know, you know, we'll see if if I do the do and buy this H9 business. It's coming out in the summer on here and you know listeners help a brother out if you're interested in this or you want me us to talk about hardware a little bit more i'm definitely looking to keep a eye on this business and definitely let us know during our main event uh, if you think uh with this hardware push if desmond has his uh the, the great swami hat you know bring back that <laughs> you know tonight show bit you know Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Desmond will be the Ed McMahon to my Johnny Carson over here, and uh, you know, you'll be my this, Ed McMahon. This there is for this is for those uh, multiplayer games that PlayStation is working on that are going to be going day and date to PC. Yeah, and yeah. the question is, is if they, with regards to the bet, it's just a matter of when these games come out. So that that is going to yep. be. That's going to be the day and date. Is it going to be within the year time frame, or is it going to be outside of that that year time frame? Yeah. So I realize the writing's on the wall. So. Yeah, you don't you don't buy a whole studio dedicated to PC ports and then launch this whole series of monitors and headsets geared toward PC gaming enthusiasts. I mean, you say PS5, but I mean. You know, just as long as it's compatible with it, you can you can add that. This is for the PC gaming market. Yes, it is. And you think they're going to make all this and then not give them something to buy? <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah I know. I know. And PlayStation boss Jim Ryan said during a business briefing last month that Sony expects half of its annual releases to be on PC and mobile by 2025. And See, Jim Ryan... Joe knew it. See, Joe knew. He was not going to. He was like, I'll do it for three years. That way I won't have to pay. Mm. <laughs> I might make it. I might eat some steak. I might not have to pay for it. Yep. Joe was You'll like. You'll be there to watch it, Des. Either way. Either way, you're going to have to pay for your own damn steak. So what? Don't, don't matter. You're not a part of this business. So How dare you? Horrible. Free ride. See how they do me. See how they do me, listeners. There's no buy no steak. Free ride. See how they do me. Terrible. Terrible, indeed. You know, you know what also is terrible? The lauded RPG from the makers of the Messenger, Sea of Stars, has been delayed to 2023. Yeah, heard about that. Yep. Unfortunately, uh, it was announced for a 2022 release. This is the game that was like in a previous Nintendo Direct, and both me and Des were like just kind of like eyeballing this thing because it's gorgeous pixel graphics, just mm-hmm. off the time. This is from the same team, Sabotage, that did uh, the Ninja platformer, The Messenger, which you could also play on both PlayStation Plus Extra and no, it's off Games Pass already, but. Definitely recommend it on that, but uh, they are pushing it to 2023. I'm grateful that you know they know that they want to work and keep working on this game and maintain a good quality of life. So we'll have to keep an eye out for this next year on that. Uh, any thoughts, Des? Uh, I'm sad, but again, anytime you're trying to make something better, I'm here for it. So, so make it better. You know, yep. just just make it good. So I'm fine with it. 
Yeah, they're looking at options to get a playable slice, they said, by the end of the year. So we'll see what happens with that. So Yeah, I think it might, I mean, it'd be cool to kind of play a demo or something for it, but who knows? All right. And then Anime Expo happened this past weekend, you know, and uh, I sent, I think, both you, Dez, and also Kevin, a screenshot of the um, LA Convention Center floor where they had yeah. to actually, can't, like, call in the fire marshal and said no one else is coming in because they had so many people waiting. Flying. Yeah. yeah, they're waiting to get inside. It was crazy. I think the um, con organizers wanted to do that to get a photo proving that things are back from uh, the pandemic. And obviously, all you're doing is spreading <laughs> whatever chances are to spread COVID at your event ever so slightly there, Buster. So, but. There was a lot of news coming from uh, Anime Expo, a lot of different games. We're going to touch upon a couple games. Uh, Sega did announce that Fantasy Star Online 2 is finally coming to PlayStation 4 in the West on here. So it just recently celebrated its 10th anniversary on here. So both Vanilla PSO2 and also PSO2 New Genesis will both be releasing on the PlayStation 4 on august 31st on here so uh, six years after it arrived on ps4 in japan and over a year later when it arrived in the west on xbox and pc so as exclusivity and the film money and the contract has been uh, appeased on there so they're free to you know move to other platforms now after taking the xbox dollar to make a holla on this so i kind of noticed this month that it's you know, Xbox was giving away a lot of uh, PSO2 New Genesis perks, and this this month there's no perks anymore. I guess you know they're like, nope, you, you, no more for you. Looks like looks like Phil got out the bed the, the the day after and called a cab for a Sega PSO2. So you know, yep. said it's been fun, but yeah, no more. Get on your bad way, so <laughs> poor Phil. But, poor was like. I thought you loved me. But I talked to you about Des, and we were thinking about diving back into PSO two new Genesis. There's two new boards uh, on there, two new like uh, le- not levels, but like uh, areas to go explore. So it's something mm-hmm. that I'm definitely thinking about diving in day one on the PS4 version and uh, yeah. kind of giving her a shot. So it's crazy because it's like now that it's like on the our preferred platform it's like okay and i'm all like okay let's let's go play it <laughs> it's so funny i know that we don't hate xbox that much come on uh we don't it's just a preferred it's just a preferred or just a preference yeah you know? for sure and so. of course there is another game that got announced uh, by publisher bandai namco and developer koei tecmo that uh raised an eyebrow of one uh, Nemo, and this happens to be uh, Ultra Kaiju Monster Rancher is coming out. I know you're US. talking about what? Yes, yeah, so this game basically, uh, long story short, brings the iconic Ultra Kaiju from the Ultraman series, including mm-hmm. Alien Baltan, Zetan, and Gomora, to the um, close enough. Po- <laughs> well, correct me, correct. Nope. Me. No, it's fine the way you say it. All right. Yeah. Um, so basically, they're taking all these Ultraman 
uh, Ultra Kaiju uh, from the Ultraman series and bringing them into the Monster Rancher uh, gameplay on here. So you're able to summon Kaiju by searching the digital CD database or scanning NFT-compatible cards and more. You're able to tra raise and train your Ultra Kaiju. Battle become the ultimate Kaiju trainer and compete in tournaments and combining Kaiju on there. So there's over 200 types of Kaiju to be discovered on here. So this game is physically being released in Asian territories as well on the Switch. So have at it, Diz. What's your thoughts on this? Uh, it looks fun. I've been looking for an excuse to play Monster Rancher, and this is fantastic. You know, we played the crap out of that. Always taking time to look at our look at to look at our CDs and stuff. I remember running through just putting all kinds of CDs in trying to trying to do it. It was just really kind of fun. So now I'm all like, yes, let's do this. So I'm I want to see what kind of monsters you have, what, what they're gonna have, what kind of kaiju. I want to see what kind of um, what is it? What kind of kaiju? I want to see what kind of um, co combinations you could make because you can actually put the co the kaiju's together. So yeah, I'm I'm here for it. Bring me the kaiju. <laughs> Bring me the Monster Hunter kaiju. It's gonna be it's gonna be so silly though because if you look at it, it looks silly as hell. So oh yeah. <laughs> so that's why I'm kind of like okay, you know, I have like you know Batan and and um, all these other crazy ass Ultraman, but Ultraman's getting his getting some love right now uh, at. Yeah, they they announced a whole bunch of stuff at a uh, at the Anime Expo. Like they they announced so much stuff. Like the the they're doing another series with Marvel. They're they're doing a, a season three and then a movie to end it uh, of the of of Ultraman. So I am like super. It's like now is the time to be a super Ultraman fan. So I'm super happy. So yeah. Awesome. Good deal. And we'll have to see. Uh, hopefully this brings out more <laughs> Monster Rancher games. Uh, God, look, I look on the outline that says uh, Ultra Kaiju Monster Hunter. Imagine if they did that. God, <laughs> that would be even I would, more would awesome, I would play right? the crap out of that game. <laughs> All right. And then this past week, there's a couple of uh, retro theme uh, news articles on here. First, of which is that Atari is working with Digital Eclipse and they are bringing out a retrospective collection. Atari 50, the anniversary celebration, is going to be coming out, looks like, in October on here. And it's, it looks like a labor of love from Digital Eclipse. So um, basically it's going to be uh, 90 playable games in 140 package there is going to be uh, classic and retro titles from six hardware platforms this includes atari 2600 5200 7800 atari st atari jaguar and atari lynx on here so this is the first time that jaguar and lynx games will be playable on modern consoles on here um, they're touting their um, best in class simulation and modern quality of life enhancements on here, um, you know, Mike Micah, the uh, president of Digital Eclipse, he's a savant when it comes to Atari history. You know, I do follow him on Twitter. It's definitely a good follow. It looks like they have a lot of uh, documentary 
elements with the timeline and whatnot and a lot of box art and it just it it almost looks like a museum piece in a way with all these different games that they have accessible on there uh, and included with this collection is going to be six n new titles on here that pay homage or revisit classics from atari's past on here so i don't know if you guys know but the, back in the 2600 days there is this uh, quest series including sword quest air world on here but uh, they are bringing up a, a fourth version of the quest series the long quest series that should have been released back in the day but got canceled due to the crash on there so and uh, the sword quest was supposed to include earth world fire world and water world and then a fourth uh, game air world on here air world never got released guess what air world is going to be part of this collection on that so uh, they also have a, a modern 3d isometric adventure based on haunted house uh, they have another game called Vector Sector, which is uh, basically a new title celebrating the Vector uh, graphical style on there, including uh, combinations of uh, gameplay elements from Asteroids and Tempest. Uh, they also have a game called Neo Breakout, which is uh, basically you know, taking Breakout and combining Breakout and Pong. They have a game called Quadratank, which is a four-player combat style uh, tank game and they have a Yara's Revenge Reimagine on here which basically is a modern graphical update to the uh, 2600 Yara's Revenge on there that will be included with this collection on there so and just because of all of the um, interviews and everything that's included with this collection even though I'm not sure how much I'm going to really play a lot of these games I, I'd love to see to go back and play stuff like Missile Command and other things and definitely play around with the Lynx games and with the Jaguar games. I know Tempest 2000s on there as well. So any thoughts, uh, Kev, on this collection? I think this is a great idea, but a few of those games require dedicated controllers. I'm thinking Missile Command. I mean, I know they're not the arcade equivalent, but... Uh, Missile Command needs a trackball. It 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 just does. If you're going to, if you're going to have any degree of accuracy with it at all, Breakout requires the Pong controller, uh, which was a 2600 a peripheral. I think it came packed in with the system originally. If you got the super the greatest version of it, yeah, I had the paddles. So. Yeah, those I would like to see a maybe a limited edition that would include some specialty controllers. Now, I know that's probably cranking up the price to more than anybody would be willing to pay. But for folks like me who you're really aiming this collection, I mean, uh, Gen X, Gen, uh, the Gen Z folk and the Fortnite folk, they ain't paying attention to this. So I'm pretty sure that they realize that their audience is already limited. I think there's an opportunity here to bring on an additional layer of uh, immersion by bringing out a collection that has 
those limit those uh, specialty controllers as part of it. I might decide to pick this up on PC and just play Missile Command and break out uh, with a uh, mouse. Might be mm. a good good substitute for that. So mm. yeah, because those games are nigh impossible to play without without them. Surprisingly. It's coming out for also for the Atari VCS, the lauded Android console that is on clearance <laughs> at the uh, GameStop on there. So, I mean, granted that the new Atari VCS kind of looks cool, but I'm not sure if it's three hundred or four hundred dollars cool. So, no, that, it's it's not. Yeah. <laughs> Even I with it's it. like twenty six hundred era joystick, so. But we'll, we'll keep an eye out for that and see what happens on there. And then last but not least, uh, there is more news about the Intellivision Amico on here. So, mm, uh, so, so an update know, right? to the trademark status of the Amico may be the surest sign yet that its console may never see release. Now, according to the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, they now list the trademark entry for Intellivision Miko as dead, implying it's no longer in legal use. According to the site, Intellivision applied for the trademark back in October 2018 and was granted in September 2019, but then was abandoned on June 20, 2022. Mm. It changed the status due to Intellivision's failure to file a statement of use, which has to be filed to show the U.S. Uh, Patent and Trademark Office how the registered trademark is being used in commerce because they took so long and because the Amico is on sale and television cannot submit a statement of use and they've been filing extensions uh, asking for more time on here. So the last of the request to extend the statement of use to have the intellectual use of it was approved back in November of 2021. But uh, no further extension requests have been made since then, and they have now marked it as abandoned. So it seems like uh, the powers that be Miko just were kind of you know, basically thinking it's pretty much dead in the water on here. So, you know, they recently had financial troubles, you know, that uh, Tommy Tallarico left on here. They've appointed a new CEO, Phil Adam. And they were looking to maybe license their IP to developers that want to release games on other platforms that will help fund the development of the Mika on here. So, and I guess uh, there's been a number of uh, cancellations of the pre-orders of the Amico, but they have been not processing refund requests immediately. They've been mm. still processing these on here. So, and so they're not, necessarily paying people out right away because they're not delivering on all this business and uh kind of wonder how the people that bought the box copies of those amico games but last oh, year <laughs> oh, with the NF nfts in the box that were being sold i believe for uh, i think a, in the, in the three digit range i think so yeah they might be worth something in the you know I don't know, but this is just this is just sad. It really it's just is sad because I honestly believe had the right people been behind the Amico project, this really could have been something special for Gen Xers uh, who are still gaming and who would love something 
that would that had that pays respect to the heritage of the 80s, the late 70s and the and the 80s, but give them a new give give some of those same games a a fresh coat of paint. Uh, improvements, changes in the gameplay, but still keep the core of what they're what they're all about. This really could have been an outstanding product. It really could have been. And, you know, it was this this whole thing was just poorly Great. managed. I, I jumped on the train early on. I I've paid I fully paid for a founder's edition. Um, I was really early in submitting my claim for a refund. Mm-hmm. I did actually get my refund. From what I understand, I'm one of the few people that have. Mm, but I, I got in when I started smell. I started smelling smoke when their big E3. Well, actually, a little bit before that, they had a big, uh, quote unquote, big reveal for uh, the public, and some YouTubers showed up, and come to find out that. The games that they were showing were um, placeholders used in either free-to-play tools for game development, mm-hmm. or they were outright stolen from, uh, a, like, World of Tanks, that, mm-hmm. that, that opening screen. And when I saw that, I said, okay, something's not, something, something, something smells funky. And I, I think, I, I said, I'll, I'll, I'll I will buy my system when it shows up at GameStop or when it shows up available for pre-order at GameStop. So I jumped on my refund then, and I'm glad I did. Because this, because nobody's getting their money back. <laughs> it's just... That's terrible. Yeah, it, it it is. And, I mean, this thing really had the potential, really had some potential to be something really special. Uh playing new iterations of games like Astro Smash or Space Hawk or, you know, uh, Space Battle, Astro Smash. I mean, that is why I and just about any other uh, Gen Xer wanted this game. We didn't care about, you know, Finnick Fox and all these new, you know, family-friendly games we we wanted this for the, that in television library that was going to be reimagined there was talk about them bringing back the tron games and it's just like man you're just hitting me in the in the nostalgia bone right there when you start talking about the tron games some of the some of the funnest games i remember playing in in the 70s and the 80s were on that in television the tron deadly disc tron mazatron tron solar sailor still got them and they they were just an absolute blast to play and seeing how they could uh innovate and uh you know give a little graphical refresh but still heavily heavily steeped in in that retro gaming experience this could have been the ideal platform for that, but poor management and grifting and uh, I don't know what all just 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 
just just killed this project and it's it's just really sad just jabroni management (laughs) (laughs) not my fault i love it not my fault i didn't do it i don't know if they like brought some of these games back uh maybe in a collection for modern consoles Uh, would you be there day one i probably would uh if for nothing else other than Night Stalker and Moon Patrol. Now, a lot of people are like poo-poo Moon Patrol. Oh, it looks like a it looks like a like a, a mobile game. And t- yeah, I guess it does, but you know, you're talking to somebody who spent like every time every time I went to uh oh gosh, what was that? There was a grocery store locally here that had a Moon Patrol cabinet, and it's like my when my mom would pick me up from from school, and we had to go pick up groceries. You're talking to someone who spent tons of time, you know, in little kid time rather, yeah, you know, playing Moon Patrol. So I got a soft spot in my heart for Moon Patrol, uh, but. Night Stalker, which is the game that made me fall in love with Intellivision, their reimagining of Night Stalker is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And I would at least like to see those developers get paid something for the work that they put in, if for nothing more than than just Night Stalker. Well, one thing uh, to keep in mind, Kev, is that uh, Moon Patrol is going to be part of that Irem arcade hits for the uh, Evercade. So, yeah, yeah, and you know, I'll I'll probably get I'll probably get it there, but I but this reimagining of New Moon Patrol is really dope, and I would like to see those games be released on something so that those developers can get, you know, get a something. get something for their yeah. hard work. Because that that breakout that they did looks super dope. You know, the two games that I mentioned, and there are a couple of others. There were rumors that they were working on a Space Hawk and working on, and and even the Astro Smash, uh, which a lot of people poo-pooed as well. I I was kind of digging on it. I was kind of digging on it. And and that's another game that I spent hours and hours and hours playing. I got... I still remember the blisters I got on my th- on my thumb playing Astro Smash as a kid. So it's just a shame that this that that this system was just plagued by poor planning or just an attempt to just outright uh dupe you know folks like me that man, you know I remember those glory days of gaming, you know, but just before the crash or, you know, uh, playing the 2600, playing in television, you know, jumping into the ColecoVision and all that stuff and bringing back those, uh, those simpler, those simpler times, you know, Uh, and a lot of this is just tied into nostalgia for me, but I also really enjoyed the game. So it's, it's like, they're getting me double dose, you know, uh, all those games, you know, the people I played with, a lot of them are no longer alive. And, you know, they're in, in a way you're kind of being, you, you know, for me, it's kind of, I'm being teleported back, 
and I'm there with my dad playing, you know, uh, sharp shot, or I'm there with my mom playing uh, uh, sea battle, and and it's just really uh, they they know how to get you. You know, you can you can tell it in the marketing with this stuff. Uh, they know how they know how to get get a, get those of us who grew up in that in that era, and it's just yeah, a shame that um, it's just a shame that better people were not in charge of this. So that's all I got to say on that. Well, we'll have to see how it goes, but at least we got the Terry 50 to look forward to at least coming up. So, and that's news for this episode. All right. All right. So thanks a lot for that. Uh, Jabroni chief. Uh, as we move into the end of the show, want to put the spotlight on our game nights taking place every Thursday evening, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hit us up on Discord uh, to discuss what games you might like to play with us. Uh, If we don't have it, we can get it. Uh, We have all the major platforms, and uh, the purpose of these is just to interact with our listeners and interact with those who take part in our Discord and, you know, just to... Hang out and have fun with y'all. So I would highly encourage you all to uh, take part in our Thursday night game nights. Again, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. A special shout out to those who participated in our main event. So big thank yous to Crucial Chase, Will D, and Fred French, uh, as always. We appreciate the time you take to respond to our uh, main event question of questions of the week, because as I always like to say, without you all listening and interacting with us, we're just three old old dudes yapping into the internet ether. And speaking of the internet, I want to direct you all: if you dig what we're doing here, um, check out our Discord server. We get, or we have, uh, we daily just about daily news posts. Uh, we try to get some really interesting and uh, insightful gaming discussions going on over there. A, we are not a, an echo chamber. We have a lot of varied opinions and perspective on the wonderful world of gaming minus the toxicity. So if you're tired of the dumpster fire that is Facebook and Twitter, even when it comes to discussing something that's supposed to be fun, <laughs> like video games... I would highly encourage you uh, to check, to hit our uh, Discord server link in our Twitter page and join up. There's no uh, no scrutinization process. You just have to be a good person that likes talking about video games, and you will be welcomed uh, with, a, with an active and uh, friendly community there that we're trying to build. So with that, we're going to go into how to get a hold of us. You can get you can get a hold of us at gamingvessels at gmail.com. That's the email address you want to use. If you've heard something you'd want to respond to, or if even you yourself would like to be on the show and get your perspective on gaming out to our listeners, you're going to want to send feedback to gamingvessels at gmail.com. We are also on Twitter 
at Gaming Vessels, G-A-M-I-N-G-V-E-S-S-E-L-S. That's where you'll find the link to our Discord to get into all the gaming goodness that I discussed earlier. Uh, individually, we have our own social media accounts. I can be found at Shonuff71 on Twitter. as S-H-O-N-U-F-F, the number 71. On, on um, PlayStation Network, I am Shonuff7. Same spelling with the number 7 at the end. Xbox, I am Shonuff071. Same spelling with 071 at the end on Steam. I'm Shonuff71. Same spelling as originally. And my Nintendo Switch friend code is 76582155303309. So, Dez, the Bay Area Terror, where can folks get a hold of you at, bro? All righty. Y'all can find me at uh the nemo six that's t-h-e-n-e-m-o-s-i-x on twitter and on uh psn steam and xbox live you can find me at nemo tigger that's n-e-m-o-t-g-g-r and my nintendo friend code is five two eight zero six six seven four four five one nine and as always if you message us please let us know how you heard about us mention the show or something we want to talk to people not bots they know why uh joe Sir Jabroni Chief, how folks can find you, buddy? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at the handle Jabroni Chief, J-A-B-R-O-N-I-C-H-I-E-F. If you want to go out, hang out, maybe go get a steak, hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> go and do that. On there, so. <laughs> PSN and Steam, uh, same handle, Jabroni Chief, J-A-B-R-O-N-I-C-H-I-E-F. Xbox, if I'm on, you can find me under the same handle with a 374 at the end and my Nintendo friend code 4712-5953-1409. All righty. So, folks, that is going to bring us to the end of episode 176 of the Gaming Vessels. Again, want to thank you for rocking out with us and hanging in there and uh digging what we're digging up what we're putting down so appreciate you all uh so for des aka the bay area terror aka the high res hater aka the cat daddy aka the gamer step daddy and for trader joe aka jabroni chief yeah yeah otherwise known as the food max of gaming who can maximize your gaming dollar I'm Shonuff71, a.k.a. Digadulamite. Stick for everyone, yo! <laughs> Indeed. Not for Dez. Uh, <laughs> horrible. Saying that we'll be back next time. Episode 177 in your ears. Peace!